Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash deconversion. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This is Deconversion Therapy. I'm Karen. And I'm Bonnie. And we just wanted to let you know, thank you so much for all your support, your ratings and your reviews. Um, Yes. Here's a little introduction to who we are. We've known each other since we were one, maybe one and a half. Um, We grew up together on the same street. Then we went to the same day school. Then we went to the same church. Then we went to the same high school. Then we were college roommates. (laughs) You get it. Yeah. So uh, all of this was uh, to the background of the church looming in the back, like a giant overshadowing thumb keeping us down. And then Karen went off and missionaried to people in places that didn't ask for it or need it. <laughs> or deserve it. <laughs> or deserve it. And then, and then I just kept maybe kind of playing around with the idea of going back to church and everybody let me down. That's right. Well, you saw it more as community, which yeah. is, it totally is. And I saw it more as like this all-powerful, I'm a child of God, I'm here for a purpose, I'm pushing forward, spreading light bullshit. So, Which is know. a very good introduction to what we're going to talk about today. Yes, which, okay. The purpose so telling stuff. Bonnie. Sorry? Yeah, the purpose stuff. Yeah. These people so really, really believe in that's why they're here. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So um, last week I was telling Bonnie that I was putzing around looking for things to watch, and up came something on Amazon Prime called Gloria Vale, which the name does not bounce off the tongue. <laughs> uh, I don't like Gloria. Like Glory Vale. That would have worked. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's called Gloria Vale. It's a three-part series, and they look Amish in the picture. And I'm like, well, let me click on this and see. Immediately, <laughs> I was taken into this beautiful, serene world. This, people might call it a sect, but it's a cult of uh, very peaceful people live in this remote, like the most remote part of New Zealand, and they have their own, quote, Christian commune. So you see all these beautiful hills and greenery and all that. And then you come upon, I think it's just five or six of these big buildings and and like a drone going over it to show it to you. How do you and feel those buildings looked? I thought the buildings looked very well built and professional looking. I'm just describing the outside now, right. but I will, the inside... Um, didn't make me feel as peaceful, <laughs> but, you know, the, the surroundings did. Right. That's what I was wondering, because we'll get to that in good time, I'm sure. Oh, dear. So what I told Bonnie is, okay, I watched this show. I thought I was going to have one feeling towards this cult, and I ended up having sort of a different conflicting feeling. And so I then said to her, why don't you look up? this place, Mm -hmm. and you come up with all this stuff that probably is the opposite of how I felt. Like, look up facts is what I'm saying. (laughs) Because I was very taken in. I I should have looked who did the filming because... It's an infomercial. (laughs) Exactly. I knew it was very biased. Mm -hmm. I was expecting them to say, but then, blah, 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 and they never did. So Mm -hmm. I just, you know, but they did have very intimate looks into people's lives. So a lot of that can't be faked. 
So I was just like, okay, let me just watch this. It's got three parts. I would suggest looking at the TV show The Real World on MTV if you think that can't be faked. Now, I'm not talking about scripted reality here. You're not talking about it, but that might be what this is. Well, I'm. Did you watch it? No. Exactly. You can't. You can't say you're laying, listening to tones and opening chakras. Okay. Um, okay. But it it really is like you know when we were talking about that earlier chakras and some of the things I believe like we all have our own belief systems, and even when we were in the church. You're surrounded by that kind of teaching, that kind of atmosphere, and this is that ramped up to a million because, of course, on the commune, it's only those people, I think maybe about 500. So it's like Um, summer camp that never ends. Right. Okay. So the the first uh, segment's called A World Apart, and it just shows, again, how separated they are from the rest of the world. They all wear the same uniform, so to speak. The guys are in white button-downs, I think, and blue pants or, or khakis or something. And the women are all in very Mennonite-ish you know, light blue dresses and head coverings. Mm -hmm. They have their own workshops. So all the women are in there making all their uniforms 24-7. Everything you're describing to me just sounds a lot like the different jobs that you have in a women's prison in the movie or in the TV show Orange is the New Black. It's pretty much, yep. They're all in uniforms. They have workshops. They make clothing. All right. And, you know, it's the same concept. You know, the uniforms in prison, it's it's taking out that individuality and reminding you of where you are. So that's what they try and do relating that to vanity there. You know, the more you can strip it down to your original self, it's then your godliness and your personality and your heart that shines through, which I'm not against. Right. I will tell you that. Um, Especially for junior high school children. Stick mm-hmm. a uniform on them. Yes, I agree. Because then they can't pick on each other and be like, ooh, she's richer and she's... Okay. Right. Um, so that first one is about, yeah, how they're they're set apart from the world. And the Bible says to do that to, you know, live your life in a different way, not attach yourself to worldly things. So when you think about it, are they living more biblically in that way than all these acts, body sprayed, (laughs) you know, bodybuilder youth ministers with their Air Jordans and, you know, trying to look all cool? Well, yeah. Yeah, they're in the world and not of the world, but they're really, really not of the world. Right, right. So it focuses on this one young kid, I guess he's 21-ish, named Paul Valor. And he's just this toothy, sweet-looking kid, and you automatically are drawn to him because he's just this nice, hardworking guy. And there's in, within the commune, none of them exchange money. They all have jobs that if they're at the dairy or um, the cooking, you know, they're eating three meals a day free. They do it communally in this big hall where they sit with their families and, you know. They're they giant s- extended families. Yes. So when I was a missionary with YWAM, we did this. We ate communally like this. We had our long tables. Um, There would be a few announcements if any were pertinent. They'd usually be something really, you know, someone would lead a prayer and then the rest of it would be something really nice. Like, I just wanted to say, you know, I heard from my mom today. I haven't talked to her in 12 years. And (laughs) people would be like, oh, that's great. You know, it was definitely like the sincere happy announcements. Yeah. Um, so this was the same kind of thing. They, every, like I said, everything is self-contained and 
they're dependent on each other. You know, you look across the table and you see someone else who happens to be working in the, I don't know, teaching at the school mm-hmm. that you're going to. And then, you know, across from them is someone who leads the church and across from them is someone who's a mechanic. There's a whole mechanic industry there. And then there's somebody who made everyone's clothing. Yep. Then the clothing, the food. So everyone's doing things for each other in a very sacrificial, giving, you know, it's how all communes. You got any old commune based on anything. It, it's the same Which sounds deal. like such a great idea. It does. I mean, there is something to be said about not cooking your own meal every day. Maybe right. just not like I worrying would be about on. clothing. Yeah. I know. The problem comes when you start looking at who put this commune together. Don't you even, uh, don't bring negativity into my beautiful, I'm sorry, picturesque. Well, New someone Zealand-y. had to decide it. Go it's, ahead. It was, it's God perfect decided. and ideal. Yes. Okay. So this Paul Valor. Very toothy, very cute. Well, he's the age to be getting hitched. So he goes and talks to the elders. And this is a very male-led commune. Um, He talks to them and he's like, you know, I just feel I'm ready. God need, can God bring me someone godly? So I'm sorry, my penis says I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) See, you don't even know Paul. It's not like that. He's not. But he's, uh, because they all have kids every second they can, there is a book that they have that shows the bloodlines so that they can pick out about five girls in the same age bracket that are in no way related to him. Right. So they, (laughs) they have to make sure of that, which I'm glad they do. And then they, you know, pray and they come up with, okay, girls and boys never mix. They barely ever talk to each other. Uh, They keep them very separate and separate jobs and so forth. So when they're like, you know, we think you should marry Pearl, the guy, Paul, is like, oh, that's great. I'm very happy about that. He announces mm-hmm. it at dinner, and then <laughs> at they, dinner. Get to, they get to talk to each other um, for like a month. That's their courting mm-hmm. before they get married. Oh, I want to know, like, when he announces it, does Pearl know what's coming? She shoves a yes. shrimp in her mouth. <laughs> like, what? <Yeah>. <laughs> so she... Paul! Um, I think the parents get told, and then... He brings her flowers and asks her, and she says yes. And then, you know, they just start hanging around each other. They have chaperones and all that. Mm -hmm. But here's where it all is very fascinating. So one of the things that they do is, yeah, they start courting. um, Whoever's doing the film interviews Paul's parents, like, mm-hmm. what do you think about this big step and all that? And this is what first got me. The father of him was not what I expected. He's like, oh, Paul, man, he's such, he's such a great kid. He's hilarious. The way the father talked about him was one of those few rare things we see on documentaries where a father is talking about a son in such intimate and kind way. Mm -hmm. And the mother was doing the same. If you had them in different clothes, you would just think they're regular, really loving family Mm -hmm. that you, you know, that's still rare. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We don't see. Do not... Watch this right after you watch the Aaron Hernandez films. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, seeing like that intimacy is really, was really, you know, oh, that's nice and sweet and all that. So the wedding happens. Now the girls, the guys wearing the same old shit outfit. (laughs) 
the girls get to be like, I can wear a wedding dress. The wedding dress is either exactly what they're already wearing every day or a pink one. And that's it. Like, there's no white Mm -hmm. because they think white doesn't really equal purity because of how the secular people wear it all the time and they're not virgins. So they're like, we don't do that. They get up on the stage and it's about a two hour ceremony. Oh, for friends. I know. Every beatitude. Yep. (laughs) All the friends and family are up there. You know, they give little speeches, which isn't unusual because I'm married to an Aussie and the weddings there, they always have like two or three readings. And then at the reception, they give speeches, which now is becoming more popular here, but it was always just Commonwealth countries that did all that shit. But so they're, they're doing their, you know, reading the Bible, doing this and that. And then the couple holds hands Mm -hmm. and they talk to each other. They've only been talking to each other in real life for a month. Right. What they say to each other is so intimate. Yeah. I was embarrassed watching it. Ooh. But then I realized nobody else there is embarrassed. (laughs) So it's all. What are they? Are they talking about like intimate, like physical or intimate? Like I know the inside of you and what you think. It's very, like, very much eye contact. And -hmm. again, I mean, having eye contact with someone after a month is hard for me, just in general. So this is looking, you know, deep in each other's eyes and saying, I am going to be, you know, the best husband for you. I'm going to be there. I've saved myself for you. I have a gift for you. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm sorry, all... I have a gift for you. I know. You know all I'm thinking about is dick in a box. <laughs> well, that's funny. He wears a box. No, but um, yeah, it's exactly this just strange intimacy. I watch um, too many reality shows, including... Here it My comes. favorite, which is Married at First Sight, and they have weddings. But I've seen a lot of weddings, was in one. It, this is like way more intimate. So now they haven't gotten to touch each other till they're holding hands up there. So you say it's intimate, but in a happy, good way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally okay. happy. This is the first time they're touching each other by holding hands. And then when they get pronounced man and wife, I thought it was just the first wedding I saw in this series. Mm-hmm. Then I realized it is just this freaky custom that has spontaneously happened over time. They jump into each other's arms and like grab hard. Mm-hmm. Till you see, like, their fingers are white-knuckling, they're smiling, they're kissing each other's necks mm-hmm. or wherever they're, they've landed. And it's just this attack of physicalness mm-hmm. that is so strange. <laughs> and I'm like, but they're not ashamed. It's just so weird. But it was also like... (laughs) It's weird that they're not ashamed is a sad sentence. I know. Well, I mean, even with my husband, I would discuss, okay, how are we going to do this kiss to not alienate, be weird, be gross, be too standoffish, you know? Right. Because it's, it's, yeah. But these people just meld into this one blob of person (laughs) and they're so happy um so you have that then they go off there has been a room prepared for them oh my god the where they had the wedding and where everyone eats gets transformed into a dining hall they've been preparing special foods for all week They have this big celebration, but the bride and groom are in a different room consummating the marriage. (laughs) 
<laughs> so everyone knows they're what they're doing. Right. Their little <laughs> brothers and sisters, everything. They go off and consummate, and then they return. Oh, they to gotta come the back after. Yep, that's so mean. To, but that's the thing; they don't <clears throat> see it like that at all. They're like, I know, but wouldn't you like to like take a nap? And that's the thing; like, it's it's such a this is their job. Yes, it's this ingrained custom. And when they yep. return, there's no like elbow nudging, like, hey, how was that? You know, it's. Right. Yeah, it's very strange. The day before, they don't have, you know, bachelor parties with strippers in their same blue outfit dresses slinging <laughs> off their head covering. There's like. There's like no slow stripping when it's on all one piece dress. It's just <laughs> vomp, right? I'm Let me naked. I do this latch and hook buttons with my little <laughs> instrument I need to get in and out of my clothes. Um, but they have these really interesting things where all the youth get together. And they design like this fun day of adventure for everybody that age to celebrate mm -hmm. before the wedding. And because all these people are really good with mechanics or whatever, one of them was they built these boating crafts and these boating docks and they put them out on whatever lake or river they live on. And they put the couple in it and the couple like, paddles this handmade boat that these people have been working on and then when they come up to this like floating dock that's been built out of metal and wood and a bunch of the kids are on it and they have these blasting water guns I mean it's just this sort of ingenious thing mm -hmm. that they put tons of hours in just to make like a really fun day for everyone you're making me do work and paddle a boat, and then you're going to make me go have sex and then come back and chat with people. It sounds like so much effort and work. I think it sounds more fun than my actual wedding, which I did enjoy. <clears throat> go ahead. I enjoyed it, but there, you know, I would rather have water guns. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, that's how a wedding goes, and... So they interview the new wife, Pearl, and she is just like, yeah, I'm godly. I like to be godly. I'm looking forward to having babies. Mm -hmm. So her personality is not really shiny, but she's, you know, she's sweet, but you can tell she has a bit of an edge. Like, she's not brainless. Mm -hmm. Um and then you start hearing from a lot of other people, and there's like this strange, docile, loving sound that comes out of them. Uh, you know, very, I know my role, I'm happy with it, mm -hmm. I have a big purpose in life, and I feel relaxed because I know what life is presenting me. Yeah. You know? It would be Which, nice at that age to know exactly what you're supposed to do. That's the worst time age. of life. I know. I keep telling my daughters, like, your 20s are hell, and I feel bad <laughs> doing nice. that. I know. I'm, I'm like, you know, they're absolutely fantastic, too, but that's where you're dealing with, like, everything. But, okay, so then you come and you get knocked up. Because they don't believe in contraception, which is not unusual. Um, but they have like a um, some midwives. They have a nurse that lives there. They get they do blood tests to make sure the baby's okay. They don't shun medical care. Mm -hmm. They do like to have peaceful births in a birthing tub. So they showed one mm -hmm. pearl had the baby and um like the sisters of the girl are in there the husband's there so it's not like okay 
the woman has to do all this hard stuff and the man can't be here. But they Mm -hmm. do have this very sort of, we're going to make this as relaxed and calm as possible. If there are ever any issues, they do go to the hospital. They don't look down on the hospital or medical professionals. So that made me go, thank God. Yeah. All right. So they're Um, not going to put anybody in harm's way. Right. They mm-hmm. ha- start, you know, naming everybody weird names, uh, like Paul's last name is Valor. So you got your Matthew, Mark, Luke, John's all over the place and your Silas's and Jonas's. But then you start hearing kids' names called Charity, mm-hmm. Willing Disciple, mm-hmm. Trust, you know, right. these sort of adjectives. Um and after I tell you what I had watched, I was fascinated by the nomenclature as well that I was picking up on by listening to somebody. I'm like, is she saying a verb or a name? And I couldn't right. tell because of the accent from New Zealand. It's very strong. Yeah. So supposedly, okay, so Australians who were mistaken for Kiwis or New Zealanders, they're like, ah, ha, ha, no, I'm not. But it's like Canada and America. When it's the opposite way, mm-hmm. the Kiwis get pissed. They're like, I'm not Australian. But their <clears throat> accent is almost identical except certain words you can really pinpoint. Yeah, and the so way that they say the letter E is, is always funky to me. Like if it's, if it's yeah. E, it's E. Like I sleeped. Would be so I slept. The, right. So they say the number six is where you can really tell it because they go one, two, three, four, five, six. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I also am fascinated with three syllables for the word no. Nai. <laughs> I know. I started doing that in Australia because people were like, no. And I'm mm-hmm. like, huh? That's a, yeah. Um, it's such a degrading no. Is you it? know, like, is that the dress you picked to wear today? No. You know, that might be how we say it, but they're like, no. No. How dare you, <laughs> you idiot. Um, but, yeah, so, okay, and, and briefly, the inside of their four residential buildings is where they lost me. They have (laughs) each (laughs) family. They even call them hostels. Yeah, I would be hostel. Yes. It's like one dorm room Mm -hmm. with a lot of beds. The parents and the kids stay in that. They might be given two rooms if they have a larger family. So this Paul kid, who's the main character at the beginning... We go see him pack up his room so he can move in once he gets married with Pearl Mm -hmm. into a new room. Do they get a room by themselves? Yeah. Oh, good. I guess they need it. Uh, I guess so. Um, But the, uh, well, they don't get it for long because the baby comes. The baby's coming along. Okay, so stop there for a second. You're, You're Pearl and Paul. Okay. And then you get married, so you get your room by yourself where you get to uh, com, com, consummate. Mm-hmm. And then you have a baby. Great. Well, you've only got a little while until that baby's not conscious and can't see what you're doing. So how, at what age does a kid get where they've got to find another room to go make the babies? Or do they say, get out, we're in here having sex, then you can I... come back in? Yeah, I think it's very dances like wolves where, you know, people are in that room and the parents still go ahead and do it. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I guess you make sure the kids are asleep. I guess when they're a certain age, but at one point you've got, they've got to know what's going on and then you have to send them out. Well, it's the same when uh, it's worse if they're like 17 year old boy. Uh, I don't know. I, I no, don't like at that like point, it. they've got a kid old enough to go, hustle your little sister out. <laughs> right, right. It's our job again. 
Mm. Make a baby. Well, when Paul, uh, you know, was packing up his area, I realized he was just on the top of a bunk bed. There was a little teddy bear, like he has a little niche mm-hmm. on the wall or or shelf, and there's like a little teddy bear, and then someone had given him like the nameplate Paul, and that's what he packed up. <laughs> right. There are no posters, furniture, uh, tchotchkes, right. um, records, books. Right. There's nothing there. Yeah. And you realize, my God, you know, that took him 30 seconds, but that's where he's lived his entire life Right, is on that bunk. And then I look around at my tchotchkes in my bedroom here, and I'm like, well, it would be embarrassing that I would be so attached to the candle you gave me with David Cross's picture on it. I have to pack that up. I know. My Tina Fey one. I right? Would, I'd be like, I don't need no marriage. I got Tina. Um, yeah. It's just anything that says who you are. Right. The only thing he has is something that says his name. Right. And I'm... Uh, I better take it with me. <laughs> so, I know. So she knows. Oh, God. So, yeah, that that whole thing. Then they have the common rooms where, mm-hmm. you know, they can hang out and all that. Um, one of the episodes was about uh, one of the elders who was dying, and all the kids really spent time with him. You know, there's definitely your you're getting to mix up the young and the old and, and all that. Um, one thing I never heard was kids screaming. Well, you know, when kids are playing, there's the usual high pitched something, but all the kids were just, you know, obedient and well, let me, I'll be, I'll be filling you in on why in just a moment. here. I have a feeling (laughs) there's a lot of, uh, yeah, rod intervention there. Um, (laughs) Rod, let me just tell you also while we're talking about the way the houses are set up. Yeah. In college, when I went through sorority rush, you go through the first round, which is these tiny little parties. You meet random people. Then they cut you from a bunch of them. And some people invite you back. So I got invited back to one of the Jewish sororities. My guess is because they saw the, you know, they saw something in me. (laughs) <laughs> that they thought maybe, and um, yeah. and I didn't go talking about Jesus in the first round, so that's all I can figure. Um, so they take you on a house tour, and they have that communal living thing, right? So they've got a giant room of bunk beds where if you live in the house, you have to sleep on the bunk bed. And there are no alarm clocks in there. So what you have to do is write down what time you want one of your sisters to come wake you up. And then they have somebody on wake-up duty. Oh. Yeah. And then to this day, I'm like, what else was going on in that house? Because if all the people lived in that one room, what were the other rooms being used for? Because it was a big house. You didn't end up... Oh, that was just in that one, not the one you joined. Right. That was in the the Jewish ones had theirs set up like that. That Um, is weird. I would just have to say pass once I saw that. (laughs) I've converted. It it was interesting and nobody warned me, not warned me, but nobody mentioned it to me before going in. So I'm wondering what the look on my face was like. Right. You know? (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh Oh, Oh. I see. (laughs) This is, yes. Hey, and what about napping? Oh, <laughs> God. That's uncomfortable. Well, I guess they don't bring guys back and maybe. Uh, we didn't either. Never mind. Next. Uh, yeah, I guess there's rules. <laughs> um, there are rules. But talking about death and Gloria Vale, what they do is they knew that this guy was dying. He was ancient. And... Right as it was getting very close, all the young people left their assigned jobs, whether they're in the laundry room. Oh, that laundry room. It is just, 
humongous because they do everyone's laundry for the whole place. Um, yeah, like Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it would be, and it, it's kind like when a mother has a young baby, she doesn't have to be on any duties. She just gets cooked for, <laughs> everything cleaned. Duty. I'm like, that ain't bad. Come on. Um, Duty. What? <laughs> she doesn't have to be on any duty. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't have to be on duty duty. I get it. Pooty duty. She just gets to fling her soiled diapers. <laughs> I wish I could have heard you better, but um, maybe I'm glad I didn't. I had my volume turned down so <clears> low. <throat> uh, okay, so all the young people leave their assigned jobs and they go to the communal area outside the bedroom of the man that's just about to die. And uh, it reminded me a lot of when my mom was dying and it's very emotional and not easy to take. And they stood out and they would just sing these songs of like, going to heaven and we're all going to reunite, you know, like we used to sing when we all get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of really giving and nice because it made his passing and the wife watching him pass feel comforted. Yeah. Less alone. In that time. And then the funeral is outside. They put, you know, Put them in the ground. Uh, everyone puts flowers on the grave. And then some older man preaches. And he's like, and I'm excited about Jesus coming. Oh, yeah. I should have said the crux of this whole thing is they think Jesus is coming in this lifetime. So right. they're trying to prepare. And they think they're the only ones that are going to get <laughs> up. Um, so the preacher's going, aren't you excited? And he And there's all these like toddlers there and he points around to the graves and he's like, when that day comes, these graves are going to rumble and crack (laughs) and out will come the bodies of these people who were underground. And you just see these kids like their mouths are open Um, and they're going to go up first and then we're going to be right behind them and blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) so. That would have been the best place to do the prank rapture because all yeah. they would have to do is just <laughs> scatter blue dresses everywhere. <laughs> That's right. Some girl who's like, I'm sick of doing this fucking laundry. <laughs> she just takes it and flings it out there. Oh, no. <laughs> um, okay. So that is basically all about them. But yeah, things I was surprised by was the intimacy that they expressed to each other, how loving they were, that they weren't denying medicine is normal. Yeah. Um, and I knew that they, that they're weird, but this film gave me an impression of, you know what, you know, so be it. They're, they're really misguided, but they don't evangelize. So, <laughs> <laughs> like you eat all the vegetarian food you want just don't make me right just don't tell me about it we produce our own cult we don't need to bring anyone else in we'll be fine yeah so then i'm ready to hear you destroy everything (laughs) well and that's that's the thing in life is i'm very easily swayed by if there's one negative thing I can just discount you immediately but then I know the reality is there are good points and bad points to everything yeah so you got a really nice infomercial and I started out by watching this TED talk from one woman who left Gloria Vale her name's Lilia and her TED talk was on YouTube And she's standing there, not dressed like one of the Gloria Vale members (laughs) at all, Um, just like a normal lady in her mid-20s. She's got 
like leggings on that are skin tight. So maybe just more like a skinny jean kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a nice blouse and very high heels. Oh, she's living it up. Yeah. And she's got, you know, she's got lip gloss on and she's got makeup on and her hair is not covered. And she's very pretty. Um, so she starts out saying that it was a great place and she thought it was like heaven. She knew mm-hmm. all of her cousins intimately. They had great adventure days, just like you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um so, so she goes on about the positive things about it, and she, okay, so she is a family member of the founder, oh. whose name, has, he has a real name, but for now, we will just know him as Hopeful Christian. <laughs> That's his renamed name. That's like, I just picture, you know, someone crossing their fingers. <laughs> <Right>. Hopeful <laughs> Christian. <laughs> All right, this is adjective noun, hopeful Christian. Yeah. Um, So he's the founder. His daughter uh, is her mom. Mm -hmm. And she had, there were 10 siblings in her family. Yeah. Yeah. So what they get to is that Christian, hopeful Christian, he was the one who wanted the women to wear the dresses because mm-hmm. they couldn't wear pants because that would have been being just like the man. Right. And what she said he ultimately wanted was women to submit to him. Yeah. So they cut to a picture of him preaching. And he's just another, you know, pruny-looking white guy yeah. who wants to stay in control. Mm-hmm. He's got, you know, white hair and part of it is dyed and it's parted way over right above one ear and then everything is slung over to the side. And then he's got his Kiwi accent. Right. Um, so she, she goes back and forth talking about how great it was and then some awful things. So in this TED Talk, she mentions how fun her life was in Gloria Vale. They knew everyone. She talked about the hostels. And then she was very proud because at age six, she received her first school report. So she takes it home. She had excellent grades, um, and she shows it to her grandfather. And he says, he okay, so he rounds up all the 500 people in the community mm-hmm. and reads her report to everybody. And the report said that she had leadership skills that would be helpful in her, her future as an adult. So he reads it to all these 500 people and then shits all over it and said, we don't want women like you. (laughs) So she's wrecked. You know, it's her first little sign of, look, I've done a good job. And he just berates her for the rest of the day. Wouldn't it be from the teacher at the school that is on their property anyway? Yeah, but that's what I was thinking. And I was like, maybe that was her read between the lines way of saying, you know, rein this one in. Ah. She can be this way when she's a grown up. But all I'm thinking is like this shitty teacher, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Bonnie exhibits, <laughs> <laughs> exhibits many facets of a woman who will have a lot of sex which will benefit her when she's of age, but not right now. So great for a kindergarten teacher to write. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the leadership skills, he didn't like that. Um, so he berates her and she was heartbroken. Yeah. Um, then she tells other examples of kids who she was friends with. And again, that's when I got introduced to the names that she was saying. And I even think she referenced Willing. And I thought, is she saying William? But in her accent, it's Willing? I couldn't right. tell. So there was there was one child, and I don't remember if it was Willing or not. And I don't want to call him out in case it's <laughs> embarrassing. But he he was a jokester, and he made one joke too many. And his father just started beating him. And kicking him. And all the way back to wherever they were going from a field where they were playing, it's just beating and kicking. Um, Then there was the boy that she had a crush on. 
Mm-hmm. And he did something. She doesn't even remember what it was, but the father just laid into him and started pounding him. And she couldn't look because they had gathered people to look on while yeah. the kid got beaten. And Shit. she just said, you know, she just looked at her desk and said, make it stop, make it stop. And she did not feel that this was a loving environment and that right. that could not be of God. So there was a lot of, she said, there was a lot of not sparing the rod, which is what you had said. Which I assumed, and of course, my perfect film did not talk about that at all. um, Right. Because it was very biased. But I thought, okay, you know, the the male dominance thing, it is biblical. Like, no matter, I hate to say what progressive Christians are saying that isn't biblical. It might be loving and nice and kind and normal, but you know this. What's his name? Helpful, hopeful, um, hopeful Christian. Yeah, he passed he can, away, so he's you know he's been gone a couple of years. Oh, okay. Um, Which might be who they were gathering around in your movie. I don't know. This guy, his last name was Steadfast. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah. But the idea... That sounds more like a first name. (laughs) (laughs) Stedman. Um, But he... They really do get the things about, you know, men, quote, wearing the pants from the Bible. So it's not like they... And the spare the rod stuff from the Bible. Um, Well, and and every time I... Every time she would talk about the man just laying into this kid... Or or another child and not stopping, I thought, okay, this sounds like it's finally his turn to just lay into somebody. And he probably enjoyed it right. more than he maybe imagined. Yeah. I don't know. That's wrong for me to speculate, but. No, I mean, that's it. You know, when you're punishing kids, even if you're taking away their iPhone or, or whatever you're doing, you're still pissed when you're doing it. So yeah, and you're yeah. probably you're probably dredging up feelings of being pissed on the receiving end of it. Yep. Um, then she said when she was age seven, these are just random pieces, and her mm-hmm. her talk did bounce around a little bit. So at age seven, she cut an umbilical cord from somebody who had given birth, which wow. is I think a little traumatic. A random person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. So let's see. So she told uh, more anecdotes about the members. Oh, I told you that already. Um, the verbs and gerunds <laughs> that compromise their names. Okay. So I'm watching her video, and this is a little bit of a segue into something else. But the best part is always the YouTube comments. <laughs> so somebody named Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. Oh, my God. Wrote, when a Christian says fuck, you know that something bad has happened. Really bad. So yep. then I was like, what is Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage? <laughs> and I clicked on that. And I think that we should take a minute right now because it's very short for you to watch it. And we can post it. Okay. So there's the link. All right. Um, let me get down here. Nope. Go up. I see where you are. There you are. I hope it doesn't shut anything down. Oh, you want me to send it to you on your phone? I've got it here. Can you hear it? No, but I've heard it, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Wait. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, my God. Is that a real place? No, it's great, though. Oh. How he did such a good job on it, and apparently it was viral years ago. Oh, my God, I loved it. <laughs> it was disgusting and perfect. <laughs> number 52. Did you call number 52? Does it sound like I called number 52? <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, it, this is amazing. S- over 7,000 people clicked a thumb down on this video on what the, the hell oh, yes or on, on the this, foot no <laughs> barbecue on the woman oh and that's so weird people were also commenting like who are you six thousand people who are giving a thumbs down on this video oh my god um so 
uh, let's see, in 2007, then there was another video. In 2007, this is interesting, the, the people from New Zealand television, they had cameras and they were the first allowed in. So they actually have footage of her, this Lilia person who did the talk, um, when she was a child. And mm-hmm. so it's really interesting. You go back in time and you can see her saying, you know, I love the job that we have as women. <laughs> I love, and it's just kind of zombied. Yeah. I love caring for the children here and looking after our men and cooking and sewing and doing all the laundry. Okay. Yep. So does that remind you <laughs> of my favorite movie? Well, it reminds me of my favorite movie, the one I'm talking about, the Gloria Vale oh. three-parter. All of the people, especially the women, were very like that. Yeah. No, it reminds me of when Long Duck Dong in Sixteen Candles <laughs> is having dinner with the family. And he goes, oh, I love visiting with grandpa and grandma and writing letters to parents and pushing lawn mowing machines so grandpa's hyena doesn't get disturbed. That's right. <laughs> and then the grandfather goes, oh, yes, indeed, he does the dishes and helps with the laundry. You betcha. <laughs> so yeah. that's what she reminded me of. Loved doing the laundry. Um, Okay, so her family, like I had mentioned, had... And it was really sweet to see her in the boring dress with the head cover, which in her talk, she discusses how she didn't want the head cover. She wanted to experiment with lipstick and and wear fun shoes and have pretty hair. Maybe want some messy bun. She wants to mix it up. Dear God, the bun. No one hates the bun more than me. I love the bun. Really? I can't do the bun. Good, if because I do the, bun. the joke is no one looks pretty in the bun. Maybe love- Kate Beckinsale. Well, Maybe. That's why I look good in it. <laughs> so her family had 10 kids. And, and in, the, um, in, the, in the video from 2007, she said she didn't want to talk about people who left the community. And that's because she had one brother who left. Then she had another brother who left. And then everything got real. And her parents decided to leave. Uh-oh. Yeah. So the parents escaped and took the kids with them. Wow. Um, they were called of the devil if yep. you left and you are not spoken of again. So that was in the film briefly because I was waiting mm-hmm. to hear like, okay, you know, there's got to be some dissension. I've watched enough of, you know, the Amish reality shows and different ones where, especially as teenagers and now that the Internet's around, you know, there's going to be a little bit of connecting the dots. And all that one of them said is uh, on the video about the guy who is dying, they're like, we don't get sad at death. We know mm-hmm. death is just the time to be with the Lord and and the people who died just get to see the Lord sooner than we do. So we're actually jealous of them. Right. And then he, I know, then he said, um, but people leave here in other ways too. And that <laughs> is more permanent. That sounds even scarier than the real escaping in other <sighs> ways. <laughs> yeah. In, in trucks. <laughs> in not alive ways. God, there, um, so there, there was another family that had a private bank account mm-hmm. and that husband was given no choice than, you know, just he could, he, they, they made him leave. And so the wife had to choose if she was going to go see her husband. So if she chose to be with her husband or see him, uh, she couldn't come back to the group. Right. So what a crappy, you know, yeah. selection of options. Right. But because, there was uh, a and there was a different family who they left Gloria Vale and then went to like a Gloria Vale light area in upstate New York. So now I'm just all excited to investigate that. So it's called Woodcliffe. It's some kind so, of Ruderhof community. Okay. Well, that almost sounds actually Amish. Is it uh, you know, what do you, what do you mean by Gloria Vale light? Uh, it wasn't as restrictive. You weren't quite as there. They didn't look like creepy hostels. Right. Um, I don't know that there was as much beating 
but they yeah. never advertise that. They even have a website. So <laughs> they says, don't advertise it. <laughs> they don't talk about the beating. Right. Um, Woodcrest, our oldest and most populous North American community, is home to some 320 residents. Established in 1954 in Rifton, New York, Woodcrest is the community where the Rifton equipment business began. But it looks really cute. The buildings there are cute. <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. If I could start meditating and really get up there with my meditating, I could live in one of these communities. I know. It would be so nice, right? Because, right, like all the preaching and all that, if I'm meditating and I'm somewhere else during that time, mm -hmm. then I'm fine because the rest, I get my meals, I get my clothes, I, you know. You've got to do one of those, but the other ones are taken care of. You don't have to have like a little jack-of-all-trades no. nonsense happening. If, if I just did laundry all day long, then maybe I could play a puzzle while right. I was doing that and be entertained. <laughs> yeah. And, and then my food be doing... would be fixed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, yeah. But people from the, out, uh, the outer areas at this Woodcliffe one, they can come for communal dinner on Saturday evenings, and they host seasonal public events. And um, so that that sounds a little bit lighter. Except yeah. I've, uh, in the in the website here, here's a picture of a lady with headgear on. They all have headgear. <laughs> Not gear. headgear. <laughs> they all have a headdress. I'm the one that had the headgear. Oh, you mean like the dental? Yep, thing that my brother would make fun of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, they do do in Gloria Vale once a year, like this big pageant, open it up to the public, tons of food. Mm -hmm. And they have, it's like a variety show. Once but, a year. Yeah. And it's like tap dancing to Christian music or something like that, you know, might be one Blogging. segment. But the people are really talented, so the showmanship, you know, the costumes, I mean, it's elaborate. But because they're very similar to the Jehovah's Witnesses and they don't celebrate one day higher than the next because that's in the Bible, they don't celebrate birthdays, Christmas, Easter, they don't do any special days on the same like, okay, the third Thursday of every March is our performance mm -hmm. day. They mix it up so as to follow that, you know, not having a certain day that's celebrated. But, yeah, they do the same thing. They open up the the communy thing to guests, I think, once a, once a year. That'd be nice. Yeah, because um. they're, you know, they're all in it together because they're doing the whole they're dancing they're all unified yeah so they really sound like they're trying to keep a lid on this place is my ultimate <clears throat> sorry they didn't mention this in your tv version of it i know why not so I had accidentally looked up other things and you <laughs> might not have seen um there are quite a few things now that there have been convicted people of child abuse in there. And yeah, that's not, yeah, that's too serious for us. Yeah, I think we can say it, though. You cool? I think we can say it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I know. We're not glossing over it, though. No, yeah, yeah. It's shitty. It is. And so then they were having, like, authorities... Uh, visiting like daily just to like check things out, which I never understand that when they're they think that is are they thinking they'll catch someone in, right? Anyway. Like they're not going to be on their best behavior when right. John Q. Authority comes by, right? Right. So and I'm sure. I think everything my my spidey sense tells me everything was shot to shit after the head guy passed away. Because then there's got to be a, a fight for control. Yeah. And unless somebody has the crazy need to have everybody be um, totally in submission, it's not going to run as efficiently. Yeah, true. It's my guess, and, but I yeah. don't know. 
Who knows? But it, it's fascinating. I find cloistered communities just amazing or give me the tale about, you know, someone who grew up in the woods by themselves. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's our cult of the week. If you've been in a cult, please write us a story <laughs> about it. Um, a true one. Uh, go to our website, deconversiontherapypodcast.com, where you can submit your stories and we might read one on our letter sodes. And we're also going to be shaking it up with some, a different variety of things that we're going to be talking about over the next few what? months. I guess I should tell <laughs> Bonnie. So have a good week. Find us on social media and don't be a shit pile. Yeah, what she said. Ciao. Singing glory. Hurrah.